Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of St. Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 22 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from May 19th, 2019, the fifth Sunday of Easter in Year C. The Gospel for this week is John, Chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Let's listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of John. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. The opening prayer to our Mass this morning contains within it a very powerful request that is worthy of our attention. Almighty God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. Almighty God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. Let's rephrase it a bit using a couple of different words. Almighty God, constantly accomplish the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ within us. The Paschal Mystery. In talking with folks who are struggling with their faith, especially some younger ones. It's really that issue of suffering that becomes a stumbling block for so many. Approaching the idea of suffering with one's mind often can lead to frustration. People have a natural difficulty trying to reconcile a loving, all-merciful God with a lot of the suffering and hardship that they witness in life. Even on a personal note, as folks go through their own suffering and bear their own crosses, we can find ourselves somewhat frustrated and a bit disappointed when prayer after prayer and plea after plea doesn't seem to alleviate the pain that my heart may be experiencing. And we wonder, where is God in all of this? Or is God at all? 
how we imagine God is going to determine then whether we have a relationship with him that's open and available to us. You know, if God is the old man in the sky who's kind of just watching over things at a distance, keeping somewhat remote, then finding God in our lives is going to be a difficult task indeed. If God is the vindictive judge who meets out punishment for error and sinfulness by causing hardship in our lives, God will not be a God that I am attracted to. If God is the clockmaker God who kind of created everything and then left it to be on its own, then again, God remains remote. You see, what often happens in the lives of human beings is that we spend a great deal of time pursuing our secular education. And these are worthy goals indeed. And we spend a lot of time preparing for a profession in life, studying, advanced courses, advanced learning, degrees, trying to understand the intricacies of things, even the components of our world and how things are all put together. But yet, when it comes to our faith, we sometimes struggle because as an adult, we're using eighth grade learning to try to comprehend things that are far greater than the human mind can ever really pursue or comprehend. And we find ourselves coming up short, lacking the proper tools, and not seeing with the best of vision. So who is this God who calls us, who reaches out to us, who constantly desires to accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. Well, if we look at our faith tradition, and if we look at salvation history, and we go back to the beginning of time when it all started, we don't see this remote God kind of creating things. The book of Genesis certainly doesn't direct us to that. God's not off somewhere and saying, oh, poof, there's going to come a flower. Poof, there's light. Poof, there's this, and God's kind of doing God's thing to create life. That's not how it works. If we look at the book of Genesis and the way God created, God emptied himself into creation. He put his very image into human beings. He didn't just, poof, create them and then leave. God infused his very self in a relationship with creation, with the ones he created, and as our readings remind us today, remains with us, makes his dwelling with us, and creates all things new. It is this very patient, loving relationship that we see throughout the pages of Scripture. God waiting for human beings to come back, sending prophets to preach, offering words of wisdom, offering words of guidance. And then the pinnacle of it all is the birth of Jesus Christ, where we have before us the very image 
of the invisible God. So that when we see Jesus living and acting and speaking, we see there too the very presence of God. And so who is God? God is to be found in the person of Jesus Christ. And not off remotely in the heavens somewhere, but in intimate relationship. And this love that God places within us is not a romantic love. It's a different type of love. It's a self-emptying love. It's the giving of oneself over to another so that that person can then have life and love themselves. Jesus commands us very simply, love one another. And the call is to give to one another what God has first given to us, to extend that love to our brothers and sisters, that self-emptying, which isn't just doing kind things or being a good person. It's about establishing relationships with my brothers and sisters so that your concerns become my concerns and we care for one another as we journey through our earthly experience. And then giving ourselves back to God and emptying ourselves in love of the world in which we find ourselves. And then, eternally, when we're able to share infinitely and forever in that relationship with God in which we find our true and everlasting self. So God is all about relationship. Not remote onlooking, but relationship. Relationships that are recreative and restorative and life-giving. There is never a dead end, but there's always a hope for something new. I make all things new, we are told. It's never the same old. God is with us in the suffering. We see that in the Paschal Mystery, in the path of Christ. God dwells with us in the suffering. And so if this is true, then it puts a whole new twist on how we're called to view and experience the Paschal Mystery in our lives. Anyone who has suffered can tell this story themselves. You know, if we are facing a very traumatic experience in our life, who is not afraid of where that's going to bring them? It can actually sometimes bring us to our knees if it's critical enough. We can find ourselves really scared in the face of suffering and hardship. We can find ourselves at wit's end and reaching the end of our rope sometimes. And at some point, if one can give oneself over and allow that suffering to then teach them a lesson when they come through the other end, they're always transformed one way or the other, if not in this life, in the one to come. Think of a woman experiencing childbirth. You know, if you listen to someone tell their story, in many cases, the experience before the actual birth is filled with agony and pain and a lot of anguish. 
But then when the woman is able to hold that child for the first time, all that, that other stuff seems to go off into the distance in lieu of the precious gift that is now presented before them. Anyone who has ever experienced very difficult moments and come through those experiences know that I speak truth, that the agony and the suffering gets a different vision when we get to the point of new life. And I imagine it was that way with Jesus, too. As horrific as those days and hours were before he faced his actual crucifixion on the cross, and the moment of that event as well, I'm sure all of that agony was put into perspective when he entered into the new life that he was brought into, that he gave. And everything else mattered less. Before we receive Holy Communion at every Mass, there's an invocation that we sing. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God. Ponder that image. Not judge in the sky, not ruler, lamb. An innocent, vulnerable animal often used for sacrifice, for giving back, for self-emptying. The lamb takes away our sins. The lamb enters into our very being and continues to accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. Ours is not the task of ridding ourselves of suffering. Ours is the task of allowing God to teach us a lesson about it, of realizing that we are never alone, and to see that God is never abandoning us, always creating, recreating, and restoring, bringing life where there is death, joy where there is sorrow, faith where there is despair. Almighty God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us. May this be our prayer today and every day. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.